guess what day it is, y'all? <laughs> yeah, today is Monday. And we back at it again for another episode of Almond Delights Reading Corner. So come on in. This week, we'll be reading love and gospel music. What's wrong with telling the damn truth? <laughs> By your author, Mr. Timothy Blaine. Y'all head on over to Amazon.com and get your books. Download it on your Kindle or just order the paperback. Come on and support our authors, y'all. Love and gospel music. But is it really about love and gospel music? <laughs> we over here reading, y'all. Make sure you comment, like, share, and subscribe to Almond Brown everywhere. Check the description box to get all the links to his book and also to Mr. Timothy Blaine's YouTube channel. We almost reading, y'all. <laughs> Are you ready? It's that time. Shh. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Almond Delights Reading Corner. I am your girl, Miss Almond Brown 09, and we're going to get started back. On our read of love and gospel music, honey. What's wrong with telling the damn truth? <laughs> By Mr. Timothy Blaine. Y'all know we missed last week because your girl was not feeling good. But we are back at it once again. I am going to try to get two chapters out this week so we can get kind of caught up. But I hope you guys have had a wonderful Monday. Um, I would start to your work week or the end to someone else's work week. <laughs> if you just work the weekend shift. But we are on chapter eight. Let me just um, reiterate what it was that we read last week. So we know that Brother Johnny has gotten out of prison now. And Brother Johnny wanted to go uh, do drugs and drink alcohol, but he's out on parole. So Dwayne was trying to get him to be on the straight and narrow. So now he's living with Johnny. Well, he was living with Johnny and um, Joey. So he introduced um, Johnny to Joey, which is his his partner. And now he started to sing with the group. So we know that Joey is a gospel music singer. And so he's taught Dwayne into coming with him on the road to perform with him. So that's where we are now. And uh, we're going to start on chapter eight called Journal Entry 1495. May 19th, 1983. Bless your Holy Father. Well, Lord, I need to start by saying thank you. Thank you so much for being who you are. First, I need to express how happy I am that my brother and Joey are getting along so well. Joey is so pleased that he's actually been accepted by a member of my family that Johnny can do no wrong in his eyes. Not that Johnny needs a lot of leeway, but when Joey and I got back from Houston the other day, not only was the apartment immaculate, but Johnny informed us as we were coming through the door that he actually got himself a full-time job. 
Not a very good job, but a job nevertheless. This is a miracle in itself. As far as I know, Johnny has never signed a W-2 form in his whole life. The change in him is phenomenal, Lord. I know that this is your doing. Instead of chasing women and raising hell, as would have no doubt been the order of the day or a few years back, Johnny's got his face in that Bible day and night. I never knew him to be so studious or even very interested in the written word. Even when we were kids, I was sure he only went to church because he had to. Something is going on with my brother, Lord. I just wish I had more time to spend with him. Joey and me are only going to be here for another four days, and then it's off to New York and then Canada. But even when we were here, I barely see him. Sometimes rehearsals go on until 11 or 12 o'clock at night, and then we're tired, and he's tired, and so everybody just goes to bed. I only know that whatever's going on with my brother, it is a good thing. And I am so grateful, Lord. Johnny even got those horrible gold teeth taken out of his mouth. <laughs> Says he's going to have a necklace made out of them for me, but I don't think so. I suggested that he have them melted into a cross. And to my amazement, he actually liked that idea. I sure hope that you don't find that offensive, Father. But in a way, yeah, I can sort of see how the symbolism might work for Johnny. The first mini tour went great. We were gone for three months. Seems like we must have sung at every big church, conference center, or performance hall on the West Coast. But Joy assures me that we were only scratching the surface and bigger things were in the making. Of course, he's been doing this sort of thing since he was a teenager. So for him, it was just business as usual. But for me, every stop was like arriving in heaven over and over again. I found the applause and excitement of the crowds almost intoxicating. This is a long way from peddling shirts and ties down at the Broadway. Ms. Johnson, the road manager, assures me that I won't always be so enthusiastic. One day real soon, baby, she says. It'll just be work. Well, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I think Ms. Johnson has just grown jaded over the years. She's been working behind the scenes way too long, and everybody knows that Miss Johnson would love to be standing behind one of those microphones. Unfortunately, she couldn't hold a note with a note holder. <laughs> I wish Johnny could just come and go on the road with us. That would really be great. But he says that for the next three years, he can't leave Los Angeles County without special permission. And besides, he says he really likes his new job. Talks about a change and talk about a change in attitude. If anybody had told me a few months ago that my brother Johnny Brown, formerly known as J Dog Diddy, would actually like being a church janitor, I would have accused him of being on dope. <laughs> Maybe Johnny just feels safer hanging around the church for right now, Lord. It makes perfectly good sense to me. I mean, if you got to be spending eight or nine hours a day somewhere, while you try to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life, what better place than the house of God? Johnny says that he knew the pastor had hired him from prison outreach ministry. Says the guy wasn't like most of the other pastors and ministers that came through the prison. Pastor Mike is one of us, Dwayne, he said. I mean, not like you and me, us. He's like me and the other convicts. You mean he used to be a criminal? Yeah, but not only that. It's the way that man talks to you. Pastor Mike makes God sound so good to me, brother. 
even though he's got a master's of divinity degree and was ordained by a major denomination, he's still not very religious. Mike talks more than anything else about the love of God and the gift of the Christ. You will never have to worry about being spiritually gay bashed or anything else bashed in his church. He says that the human condemnation is a favorite trick of the enemy bent on keeping us all separated. He describes the Bible as a series of books about God or individual experiences of God. Nothing at all like what we're taught. The unadulterated, unchanging word of God, I said. Mike says that such catch-all phrases are unintelligent. He says that the letters written by Paul are just that. Letters written by the Apostle Paul to the various churches. He says that that is only our theological laziness that turns them into the word of God. You better not ever let grandma hear you say that, I said. That's just a point, Dwayne. Just because granny believes something, does that mean we're supposed to believe it too? With all due respect, isn't granny just parroting what her parents or Reverend Nicholas believe? No doubt. She only chose Reverend Nicholas's church because he preached in a way that was already familiar to her. A tradition is stacked on tradition and religion is stacked on religion and nothing ever changes and no one ever dares to have an original thought or idea. Since everything about God is written in the book and the book is frozen in time with words, we have effectively frozen God in time. Modern day Christians worship a perceived history of God, but what about our still living creator? What about the supernatural force that took Pastor Mike from being a ruthless pimp and murderer to the educated and respected man of God that he is today? It's both, Johnny, I replied. Or maybe I should say it's all three. Grandma and the Christians of her mindset are both religious, traditionalist, and spiritual all at the same time. I'm sorry to say that it's usually in pretty much that order. <laughs> but why is all this so important to you, Johnny? You're a straight man. All you have to do now is find yourself a wife, have a couple of kids, and you can blend right in with the rest of them. There's a red velvet pew out there in Christendom with your name on it. Gay people are not the only people who suffer from church burn, brother. The church and its fixed set of ideas and mandates have done more harm than good to more people than you could, could imagine. The prisons are packed with full of men and women with church burn or no conception of God at all. The modern day Christian church, both Protestant and Catholic, does a better job at keeping people of certain backgrounds away from God than it does at winning souls to faith in Christ. An army of hypocrites and gatekeepers, that's what religion produces in its purest form. I guess the biggest questions for me at this point in my spiritual development would be, one, can we have God without religion or tradition? And two, does the gospel of Jesus Christ trump the Old Testament and all of his laws and mandates? I stared at him a moment, amazed and confused by his passion. Finding this answer is very important to you. Well, he said, that's kind of what I need to talk to you about, little brother. I just wanted to be sure first. I think I know what I want to do with the rest of my life. In fact, I'm sure of it. The ministry? I'm going to seminary. Pastor Mike is sponsoring me. I knew there was something big going on with you. I just knew it. Wait till grandma hears about this. 
of all the people walking around on this planet, I bet she would have guessed that you actually, she already knows Dwayne. What? I asked Puzzle. Granny already knows that I'm going to seminary. In fact, I hope you guys will let me pay the phone bill this month. We've been talking a lot. You told Grandma first, Johnny. I don't understand. We live in the same house. You've been kind of busy, remember? So, the telephones work better between here in Ohio than they do between here in Texas. Dwayne, why are you tripping about this? We're family. What difference does it make who I told first? The point is that God himself has given me a new direction. And the point is that I won't be returning to my old way of living or thinking. J-Dog Diddy is dead. God killed him. I would think that you above all people would be happy about that. You never did like that dude. Well, you're right about that, I said. I hated the black bastard with his gold teeth and greasy hair, talking in rhymes and looking like a clown. He's dead, Dwayne. Why don't we just leave it at that? Coked up head thinking he owned the world. Hey, 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 I said he's dead. Let's not dig him up all over again. I bet grandma was pretty excited, huh? Yeah, we're finally in agreement about something. She did say she'd rather it was a good Bible college that I was going to, though. Yeah, that sounds like grandma. I wouldn't be jumping to a conclusion that you're going to be in agreement about a lot of things theological, Johnny. Her ideals are pretty well set in stone. What exactly is the difference anyway? College is college, said Johnny. Seminary comes after? Then won't you need a college degree to go to seminary? Well, I sure as hell can't get a master's without a bachelor's, but I'm thinking that a certificate of theological studies might be a realistic goal for now. I'm loving the way you're thinking, Johnny. How can we help? Are you kidding, Dwayne? I can't begin to tell you how grateful I am for letting me stay here. I don't know what would have happened if I would have gotten out of that hell hole with no place to go. No doubt, I would have made it back to the bar and Tina's coked out arms if you hadn't been here to stop me. You called me back, Johnny. You stopped yourself. God is working with me now, brother. It was the Lord that kept me then and it's him that's keeping me right now. And so it went, Lord. Johnny could hardly contain his excitement over his newfound freedom in you. He's excited and I'm excited for him. Only you can do this kind of thing, Lord. I don't know if this is the result of me and my family's prayers or something that you and Johnny worked out on your own. I can only say that I'm eternally grateful that you have done this for us. And now he wants the ministry? Is this real, Lord? Or is Johnny just caught up in the excitement of his newfound faith in deliverance? I must admit that in all the years that I've known my brother, which would encompass every day of my existence, I have never seen him as sure of anything. He tells me that he was called to the ministry about two years into his sentence. In truth, I've never really understood what a calling means exactly. Joey and Johnny seems to agree that it is a certain profound knowing, a supernatural assignment or direction one is to take. But I'm still not clear. Does that mean that secular people are called as well? The church makes everything so spiritual. 
I mean, are doctors and painters and athletes called as well? I think that this would be a good place to stop my train of thought and repent, Lord. I am not overwhelmed, but I am nevertheless conscious of the fact that I am jealous. It's not that I'm not happy for Johnny and, of course, Joey and his well-earned success. I love both of these men as much as I love myself, and I'm so happy that they are both so sure of what they are to do with their lives. Of course, Joey's harvest has already begun, but I know that Johnny is destined to be somebody special as well. When we were kids, he was a star in every sport he played and one of the most popular jocks in high school. Even when he was dancing with the devil, he was somebody who stood out from the rest. Everything in me tells me that Johnny is going to be okay now. And when he finds his way, he'll be a lot better than just okay. Maybe it's just that sparkle in their eyes that I covet so. Joey has always had it, of course. That's the part of what drew me to him in the first place. And when Johnny was talking about his plans, I saw it in him for the first time as well. Is it passion, Lord? I can still remember my grandmother's voice. God is going to use you one day, baby. Or you just trust and learn to wait on the Lord. God has a plan for your life. In truth, I've always hung on to those words, Lord, thinking that someday it'll be my turn. That someday my life will turn on, would take on meaning. And now here Johnny gets saved, delivered, and called to the ministry all in one breath. This is all foolish thinking, of course. Please forgive me, Father. And don't think of me as an ungrateful child. How dare I not be grateful, considering the way that you handled me all these years? I've been blessed for so long that I don't even know what it's like to not be blessed. And look at me now, traveling all over the country with the person that I love singing the gospel, and living in this fantastic apartment. This is nothing but the devil trying to find a weak place. I repent of this evil, Lord. I ask that you rebuke this foul thing in me. Deep in the hood. The building was filled to capacity. It wasn't a very big church, little more than a storefront, really. Not likely to run into any uptown women wearing $300 hats and matching shoes here. Not very likely to find a switch on the wall connected to an air conditioner either. No, this was Church 101. Time to get back to the basics. A floor-to-ceiling blow-up of Michelangelo's Christ dominated the pulpit. And that seemed to be the beginning and end of any attempt to fix up the place. It was understandable. Even before the pastor took to the stage, it was only obvious that these people wouldn't be in this building much longer. There were people standing out on the sidewalk peering through the windows and the doors. Finally, the praise and worship singers crowded on a tiny stage. They were all full of spirit, but it didn't take a lot of cheerleading to whip this crowd into a frenzy. And I heard someone yell at what must have been at the very top of their lungs, Jesus, God! <laughs> and all at once, the whole place seemed to explode with the spirit of God. People were dancing and crying, shouting and even screaming. I looked over at Joey, but he could not be distracted. Joey was in all out, what could almost be described as violent, worship unto God, crying and laughing at the same time. It was strange to see him this way, but nothing could have prepared me for what I experienced next. I could see me 
It was only for a fleeting moment. But just for an instant, I was standing outside of my body looking at me. Me in high praise and dancing and worshiping just like almost every other person in the room. When I came back into my body, I was laid out on the floor. <laughs> was it real? I asked myself as I sat there on the floor rocking back and forth. Maybe it was some kind of hysteria brought on by the heat and lack of oxygen in the crowded room. And then while I was still sitting there on a dusty concrete floor, contemplating what had just happened to me, I heard a loud baritone voice emanated from the pulpit. Hoes, you are welcome here. <laughs> Yell Pastor Mike into the crowd. Drunks, dope fiends, pimps, and perverts, you are all welcome here. For I declare to you on this day that all manner of men and women are welcome in the house of the Lord. The next time someone tells you that you are not, you tell them. And then the whole congregation said in unison, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Amen. The pastor continued, Since you are loved by God, and since you have made the decision to believe in the gospel story about his son, you are no doubt welcome in this house. Not only on this day, but for every glorious day in eternity. It's good news, brothers and sisters. And I don't know about you, but until I draw my last breath, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. <laughs> then I heard the tambourine start up again. And the whole church got happy at the same time all over again. I could see that it didn't take much to get this crowd going. When everything calmed down a bit, Pastor Mike went on. I want to wish my gay and lesbian brothers and sisters a happy Pride Week and encourage you all to go down to that parade and support those brothers and sisters in any way you can. The world needs to know that not all of Christianity hails from the far right. It is a good thing to have pride in who God has assigned you to be. I like this dude already. My brothers and sisters, I want to talk to you today about loving your enemies. Let the church say, help us, Lord. And they all did say, help us, Lord. <laughs> no doubt, this is an area where we all need the Lord's help continually. And so the sermon went. Pastor Mike talked about the evils of harboring resentment and allowing other people to control our destiny by refusing to forgive them and to move on victoriously with our lives. He said that by deciding to love our enemies, we could make it much easier to forgive them the way our God has decided to love us and is therefore able to continually forgive us. It was a good and well-prepared sermon. I can see well how my brother would be so taken by such a man as Pastor Mike. He spoke with a streetwise slant, but nevertheless came across as highly intelligent and learned. To look at him, I never would have guessed about his past. Johnny had said that he used to be a pimp and had actually killed somebody. I had half expected to see a flashy spiritualized pulpit pimp fleecing the poor people of South Central Los Angeles for all they were worth. Instead, I was so impressed by the man and the message that I joined the church that very day. I almost expected to see Joey take the walk with me, 
But then again, I was happy that he didn't. Joining a group of worshipers was an important and highly personal decision. I didn't want Joey joining the church just because I did, but I could tell that he was impressed as well. Johnny was one of two ushers, but left his post to take a walk with me. We had come full circle. We had, of course, been baptized and raised in the same church back in Ohio. And now, here we are again. In truth, my decision to join the One Love Body of Believers Church had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that my brother was such an enthusiastic member. Maybe it was a bit shallow of me, but as far as I can remember, this was the first time I had ever heard the words gay or lesbian spoken from a pulpit without it being in a derogatory or demeaning way. And I know that I'd never heard a pastor at any church anywhere actually indoors, much less suggest that the members attend the gay pride parade. I wondered only for a moment of this, being able to read exactly what people needed to hear, was what had made Pastor Mike so successful in his old line of work. And then there was this thing that I was almost sure I had experienced during worship. I dared not mention it to anybody just yet. Out-of-body experiences were not a part of church dogma or tradition, and I didn't want to run the risk of being labeled a nut. Now, of course, if I started speaking in another language that I had no prior knowledge of, that would be totally acceptable. Because, of course, that's in the book. Whatever it was that compelled me to join One Love on my very first visit, I was ecstatic. I had been looking for a church that I could call home since I arrived in California back in 1979. I had actually joined the choirs in two churches, but in my heart, I had been little more than a visitor on both occasions. There was just something about One Love that told me that this was the place I was supposed to be. Maybe that was what the whole out-of-body thing had been about. Maybe God was simply showing me where I was supposed to be. Or was it prophecy? Had I looked for an instant into the future? After the service was over, Johnny introduced Joey and me to Pastor Mike. He shook my hand like a straight man. I didn't like that so much. I never did understand what that firm handshake business was all about anyways. Almost breaking my fingers was supposed to be a sign of a man's character. Other than that, the pastor seems like a good and personable man. And he even invited Joey and me to join him and a few other members for pancakes across the street from the church. We had to decline as only we only had 35 minutes after service to make it to rehearsals. As it not uncommon among African-American church services, we had gone into double overtime, but I ain't care. I was elated. I had finally found a home. The door had hardly closed on Joey's new powder blue Corvette before I blurted out what I had only moments earlier told myself that I wouldn't share with anybody. Well, anybody didn't include Joey. I was never able to keep anything from him for very long. The thought occurred to me, and not for the first time, that if I ever did cheat on him, I'd be in big trouble. You look skeptical, I said. I'm sorry, babe. I was just trying to... I wasn't trying to. I was just thinking. But you do look skeptical, Joey. Tell me something, Dwayne. This thing that you're talking about, the part about hovering outside of your body, I mean, is the memory still fresh or is it starting to fade? I don't understand what you mean. 
I said, my forehead beginning to crease. Did it diminish a little more when you registered the look of skepticism on my face? He asked. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere with this. It did happen, Joey. You don't believe me? Why would I make something like that up? We're just talking, Dwayne. Don't go getting all emotional on me. The answer to your question is yes. I've had out-of-body experiences. In fact, if the truth be known, that is a big part of the reason that I don't do drugs. That, and of course, my father's shining example. I did a little experimenting with LSD when I was in college. I spent so much time outside of my body that for a while there, I felt like I was only moments away from ascending into a heavenly place. Wow. So I'm not losing my mind, but I'm not on any drugs, Joey. I don't even take aspirin. You know that. There are some things in this life that are just mysteries, Dwayne. I don't think that the professionals in the field have even figured this one out yet. They're experimenting with the psychedelics at the time we were. I've, I've had them without drugs as well, although not very often. At first, I thought they were just flashbacks from the LSD, I mean. But I haven't had a psychedelic drug in my body in at least 10 years. Still, even as recently as a year ago, I was standing outside of my body, if only for a few seconds. And this was a while I was performing on stage, mind you. Because you had this experience in worship, and because you felt like you got a word from the Lord telling you that one love was the place where you should be, I would take it just as that. Trust me, Dwayne. Every time you try to convince somebody that what you experienced today was real, you become a little less sure of yourself. Eventually, the skeptics will have you believing nothing really happened at all. Believe me, I know. They won't understand, Dwayne, because God wasn't speaking to them. He was speaking to you. Some things are just between us as individuals and God, babe. You know that? Look at the way we've been writing to the Lord all these years. There's nothing about that in the Bible, you know. And yet God has held your interest in that way for most of your life. What are you talking about, Joey? David wrote to God all the time. Okay, so it's been you and King David. My point is that you haven't wavered in your faith in all this time. You write to the Lord because your faith tells you that he hears you and sees what you write. It's a beautiful thing, Dwayne. And as you once told me a long time ago, it's just something between you and God. And this thing today? Well, I can only speak for myself. For me, an out-of-body is a gift. Believe it or not, since the very first time it happened, I have had absolutely no fear of dying. Of course, we as Christians should have all have this assurance of an afterlife. However, reading it in a book is one thing. And standing outside of your body and actually being able to see it is something entirely different. I don't need any preacher to tell me that when I die, my spirit will separate from my body. I already know that it can and will happen. Thing is, uh, this is another thing that you never told me about, Joey. But I don't understand why. I'll tell you everything. Of course you don't. But yes, I believe that you're willing to talk about just about anything with me. I love that about you, babe. Really, I do. It just takes me a little longer. Besides, I've been around a lot longer than you have. Don't worry, babe. At the rate we're going, 
by the time we celebrate our 30th anniversary, you'll know all there is to know about me. I'm happy that you're so amused, I said, folding my arms tightly around the lower part of my chest. Just think of it as one more thing we have in common. Now, the next time that this happens to either of us, we can share the experience with each other. Believe me, it's a much different conversation when the person you're talking to has experienced it as well. So, other than that, I asked, what did you think of the service? I liked it a lot. For a minute there, it was almost like being back in New Orleans. I liked the pastor as well, and I can certainly see why Johnny has taken up with him. Though I have to admit that I was a little surprised when you took the walk, Dwayne. It just seems like something we should have talked about first. I don't agree with you on that, Joey. I was led by the Spirit to join this church on this day. I guess this was just one of those highly personal moments when the decisions were just between God and me. Sure, it flashed through my mind that it would be nice if we joined the church together, but that is just plain old, not my business. They need a new building, said Joey. <laughs> no doubt about that, I said. That makes it an even better time to join. We can help. Well, I want to talk about it some more. But yes, I agree that we may very well have found us a church. We're running late, I said. My gaze falling to my watch and then double checking with the car's dashboard clock. Don't worry, I'm the boss. In case you haven't noticed, my friend, pretty much everybody is late for Sunday rehearsals at one time or another. We're all church folk after all, he said as he pulled off the freeway. We better eat something. It's going to be a long day. Oh, no. Not fast food again, Joey. We're going to get sick. Or worse, fat. <laughs> and scene. So that was chapter eight of uh, Love and Gospel Music. What's wrong with telling the damn truth? We are going to commence to our brief intermission, and we'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Guess what day it is, y'all? <laughs> yeah, today is Monday. And we back at it again for another episode of Almond Delights Reading Corner. So come on in. This week, we'll be reading love and gospel music. What's wrong with telling the damn truth? <laughs> By your author, Mr. Timothy Blaine. Y'all head on over to Amazon.com and get your books. Download it on your Kindle or just order the paperback. Come on and support our authors, y'all. Love and gospel music. But is it really about love and gospel music? <laughs> we over here reading, y'all. Make sure you comment, like, share, and subscribe to Armin Brown everywhere. Check the description box to get all the links to his book and also to Mr. Timothy Blaine's YouTube channel. We almost reading, y'all. <laughs> Are you ready? It's that time. Shh. 
And we are back. Thank you so much, Mr. Timothy Blaine. <laughs> we are on chapter nine of love and gospel music, honey. Family, one year later. Get up, we're leaving. Joey sobbed, waking me up as he threw a suitcase on the bed. Joey, what's the matter? I cried, snapping out of my slumber. What happened? I don't want to talk about it, he said through his tears. Just get yourself together, Dwayne. We're so out of here. What? We can't just get up and leave in the middle of the night, I exclaimed, stuffing my feet into my furry house slippers. The stadium is sold out. We've got a contract, Joey. What the hell is the matter with you? You're freaking me out. I told you I don't want to talk about it, snapped Joey. Why can't you just trust me? I need to get out of this damn house now. Joey, what's happened? It was trouble, big trouble. I knew that much, and the toes in my slippers sweating already. I have a right to know what's happened. You want to know what that woman said to me? You really want to know how sick she is? I should have never come here, I said, jumping to the assumption that the problem had something to do with Joey bringing me, a man, to his mother's home. I knew this was a bad idea. It's got nothing to do with us, said Joey, wiping his face dry with the sleeve of his shirt. I only wish it was as simple as that. Then what, Joey? Everything was great when I went to bed. She told me that, that, bang, bang, bang. Open the door, son. It was his mother at the door. And judging by her voice, Joey wasn't the only one who had been in tears. Get away from me, he yelled through the locked door. You're a liar. I love you, Joey, she said. Liar, he hurled back at, at her as he threw armloads of clothing into the bed, covering the suitcases and me. Son, open this door, she yelled, banging on the solid oak door with her very petite hands. We need to talk about this. It's time to talk about it. I think I've had enough of your lies for one night. He glared through the rattling door. It sure is a whole lot easier to make up evil stories about people when they're not around to defend themselves, isn't it, mother? You always were good at that. I am not lying, she exploded. He did do it. That's why I tried to kill his rotten ass and I'd do it again, too. Disclaimer, it gonna be some cussing. In his words that Almond Brown might not normally say, but I'm going to say it for the sake of the book, okay? <laughs> Back to reading. <laughs> Great. Why don't you just tell the whole damn world about your sick ideas? If you want to talk privately, Joey, you can start by opening his door, his, his mother said. But if you want Dwayne to hear about it as well, why shouldn't I hear about it? He's my lover, mother. Not my best friend and not just one of the guys. We live together, mother. And while we sleep in, and we sleep in the same bed. How's that for getting the truth out? I suppose this is where I'm supposed to faint, she said sarcastically. Please, Joey, when you and your friend are ready to talk, I'll be waiting in the den. Lover, he snapped. Whatever, she snapped back. I'm so sorry about this, Mrs. White, I blurted out. I'll just pack and go. 
You don't have to go anywhere, young man, she said, her voice losing its fire for a moment. You haven't done anything wrong. I'll be waiting in the den. I heard her walking away. That's just great, Dwayne, yelled Joey, wheeling in my direction. What in the hell do you have to be sorry about? How did you do that, Joey? I demanded, glaring at him. Did you have to throw that in her face like that? Okay. You and your mother are having some kind of problem. But does that justify using our relationship as a weapon? I don't know you right now. Sit down, Joey commanded. What? Who? I thought to myself that he think he was talking to. I said, sit down, Dwayne. Damn, is that too much to ask? Could you please just sit down and stop talking for a few minutes, Dwayne? So I sat back down on the bed. The bed of his childhood, where I had been fast asleep only moments earlier. Talk to me, Joey. My mother and I, we were going through a bunch of old photo albums and talking about old times in his house. He began taking a seat on the bed beside me, his voice and manner returning to normal. The redness beginning to drain from his face. Everything was going great. It was the best conversation we had had in years. Great, that is, until we ran across an old grainy photo of my father. You should have seen the look of absolute horror that registered on her face. She grabbed the book and quickly handed me another. I was just going to let it go until I saw her out of the corner of my eye, slip that tattered old picture from the album and crumple it up in her hand. Give me that, Joey yelled at his mother. Joey, I don't know what you, she said, clenching the picture even tighter. The picture in your hand, mother. Give it to me. I want it. It's just a cracked up old picture, son, she said, trying and failing to sound casual. I don't know why you're making such a, is it the last one, mother? How did you miss it for all these years? I thought I had burned them all, she admitted turning and staring into the crackling fire they had started only an hour earlier. It seemed to both of them like so much more time had passed. The man had a drug problem, mother, Joey said. Why can't you just accept it and let him rest in peace? I hope he's rotting in hell, she yelled, whipping her head around to face him. Now that's the Christian spirit that we all aspire to. How did you ever get to be so bitter and unforgiving? You were a child, Joey. Believe me, she said. You don't know the whole story. There you go with that again. Always implying that I was somehow missing something. I'm the one they found in the house with that fat old bastard, remember? Son, either you're blocking it or you never did know the truth, she said. Either way, it's best to just leave it be. Leave what be? Woman, I'm in my 30s. He yelled at her. You're still moping around here like the Black Widow of New Orleans 20 years after the man died. I'm sick of it. If you have something to say, just say it. Let it go, Joey, she pleaded. Did I tell you about the therapist? He asked quietly, knowing that this would have a profound effect on her. Oh, my God. You've been seeing one? I wanted to send you when it happened, baby. 
Joey, you got to believe me. I wanted to send you. There was just no money. The policeman and the judge all agreed that you should be talking to a professional after everything came out. There was just no money, baby. Things were different back then, Joey. The city wouldn't pay for something like that. Lord knows, I, I wanted to get you some help. Why should I have needed to see a shrink, mother? Joey snapped, sarcasm dripping from his mouth. Isn't every eight-year-old kid's mother arrested for attempted murder? Father strung out on heroin and lying near death in a county hospital? Oh, yeah. Let's not forget about the babysitter. You remember him? The one who was boning me for over a year? I didn't know, Joey. Oh, God. Please don't do this to me, son, she pleaded. You know I had no way of knowing what was going on. I would have done anything to protect you, son. You're my only child. You mean you would have killed to protect me? Isn't that what you meant to say, mother? That you would kill to protect me? Tell me something. Since we're on the subject of killing people, that's one thing about this story that continues to baffle both my shrink and me. Shouldn't you have been stabbing Billy or burning his house down or something? I mean, why kill my father? Oh, sure. I can see how daddy was a little irresponsible by not checking the dude out before letting me sleep over there. And I'll even give you that he probably would have been, he would have sensed that something wasn't quite right if he weren't always high as hell or not, not on heroin. But was that the reason, was that reason enough for him to die, mother? You said yourself that you didn't even pick up on anything. I never said a word to anybody about it. Help me understand, mother. Help me understand why my father should die because he didn't figure out what was going on when you didn't even put it together yourself. He did know. Her gaze dropped to the 200-year-old wooden floors of her little Victorian cottage. The awful memories flooding back into her mind. What? Joey asked, a puzzled yet terrified look obscuring his anger. He knew, she said slowly, the words bubbling up from deep within her. Billy Wilson wasn't on parole for child molestation, Joey. It was for selling drugs. What? What are you talking about? Joey cried, wanting and not wanting her to go on, hoping behind hope that his mother wasn't saying what he thought she was saying. When the parole officer showed up at his house in the middle of the night, he wasn't expecting to find you. He was looking for heroin, son. You're a liar, he screamed, almost ripping his vocal cords. Oh, baby, I know how hard this is to hear, said his mother. Tears running down through her makeup and into her white blouse. But the newspaper said that you were eight years old, Joey. I read the paper to you, she said gently. Son, I just thought that you're a liar, he yelled. The implications of what she was saying flooding his mind too fast to comprehend. You just want to wipe out whatever decent memories I have of him. How could you be so hateful? I am not lying, she said. Son, 
maybe it's time that we what tell more lies you already admitted that you were lying about what was in the paper and now you want to lie some more son your father was sending you over there she erupted looking straight into his eyes tears streaming down her face billy was giving him drugs to shut up you're a liar yelled joey understanding in an instant exactly what she was saying to him he turned from her and flew up the staircase his feet connecting with only the a few of the steps joey baby please she pleaded after him i'm so sorry joey i didn't know i didn't know and so the conversation went Dwayne. and now we're leaving you want me to call everybody, I asked, and tell them we're leaving? I didn't say anything about leaving New Orleans, said Joey. Call Miss Johnson and tell her to get us a room at the motel. If it's not possible, tell her that we need to bunk up with some of the other guys. And so everything is just business as usual, Joey, I said. What do you mean? You've already said it. We've got a contract. The show must go on and all that remember joey you can't just leave her down there like that i said raising my voice a little my forehead deeply creased with concern stay out of it Dwayne. you don't understand i think i do understand joey and when i and i would not stay out of it you and me we're family i don't know what that means to you but to me it means that everything that concerns you concerns me as well this is big, Joey. It's the missing piece of the puzzle. It explains why she did what she did. I'm not going to sit here and watch you suppress and bury it all over again. You mean you believe her? Do you even understand what she's saying, Dwayne? Yes, I believe that I understand exactly what she's saying. And yes, I do believe her. You believe her too, Joey. I sure as hell don't know what makes you think that because I. Come on, Joey. You know that she's telling the truth. It all makes sense now. You call that sense? What part of this makes even a bit of sense? He was a sick man, Joey. I said boldly. Your father was a very, very sick man. Watch your mouth. He exploded. You didn't know him. Heroin, the most deadly and desperately addictive of them all. People kill for it, Joey. They rip off their parents and put their wives out on street corners. They... Stop it, Dwayne. I mean it. I'm not fooling around. I... And sometimes they sell the use of their seven-year-old sons to the pedophile drug dealers. Oh, God. Oh, God. He was in hysterical tears, face buried deep in his hands. His hands rested in my lap. There was a soft knock at the door, and I opened it. It was his mother. Journal entry 1546, June 23rd, 1984. Almighty God, Father, my heart is so very heavy this morning. These poor people. In truth, I've always suspected there was so much more to the story of Joy's molestation. Now the truth has come out. Even though this is a very painful time for the one person 
who I love as much as I love myself, I'm glad that it's come out. Joey had never really forgiven his mother for what happened. He told me that he only saw his father a few times after the incident with the knife, and each of those times were without his mother's knowledge. All these years, he's blamed her. All these years, he thought his father was an innocent victim of his mother's misguided rage. Joey is going back to a therapist when we get back to Los Angeles. I suggested that maybe we should think about seeing someone with more credentials and diplomas. Well, he was adamant. He wants to see the same guy. It's the same therapist that helped him when we were having all those problems around sex a few years ago. I have a feeling that Joey is going to be a lot more whole after this visit. I sure hope that we are able to spend enough time at home for him to do the kind of processing that he needs to do. I really do love him, Lord. And that mother of his, what an amazing woman. Of course, it's way too early to say anything. What with these emotional wounds being so newly reopened? But I think Joey's mom is much closer to a hero than a villain. It's no wonder that the DA didn't pursue the case against her. If ever there was a case of justifiable assault, I just thank you, Lord. That creep didn't die. And what a strikingly beautiful woman she is. Those same captivating hazel green eyes again. Joey was right. He got his looks from his mother. Although his mother was quite a bit closer to white than her photographs. Mrs. White has the same trait that I've always admired so much in my brother. Johnny could never sit back and let anybody abuse a member of his family or one of his friends. This trait got him in a lot of trouble when we were kids. But my brother Johnny was, and no doubt still is, a hero to a lot of people. Johnny is a protector, and so is Mrs. White. The stadium was sold out on both nights. Not really all that surprising since Joey was born and raised in New Orleans. I was a little concerned about his ability to perform, what with so much drama and so little sleep the night before, but I couldn't have been more off. Joey was in rare form. If ever there was a performance by Joey White in praise, that should have been video recorded. This was the one. He had the audience before the first chord of music was played. This was one of their own, returning home. It seemed that all of New Orleans was determined to make Joey and the rest of us feel the love and hometown pride in his success. And their enthusiasm was contagious. Before we were halfway through the set, close to everybody on the stage was drunk with the spirit of God. Poor Miss Johnson was back behind the huge speakers waving her arms and trying to keep everybody on point. Apparently, the contract included time restraints. It was a wonderful worship experience, Lord. And I do hope that I that it blessed you. Well, we're out of here today. It seems a shame that Joey and his mom can't spend a little more time together. She has a sister who lives in Tennessee, and she says she's going to meet us there in a couple of months. Last night after dinner, Joey wrote Mrs. White a check big enough to catch her up on all her bills and then some. <laughs> I thought it was so cute that he actually asked me if he could do it first. Obviously, he is the big breadwinner, but Joey goes out of his way to let me know that we are no less than 50-50 partners in everything. I can hardly believe how accepting his mother is of our relationship. Joey thought he was dropping a bomb on her when they were arguing. Nothing could be further from the truth. 
She said that she had been anxious about meeting me for the last two years. Come on, Dwayne, she said, as we sat facing each other in the parlor of the little Victorian. Two grown men living in the same apartment for what has been now? Four years? In July, I said, hoping my nervousness was not showing on my face. Well, just in case you're not sure what I really think about it, I braced myself. Son, I love it. I love everything about it. She beamed suddenly. I cannot even begin to tell you how worried I was about AIDS. Three people in our church this year alone. The lady across the street, she's had her boy locked up in that house for months now. She can't even say the word AIDS out loud. Yes, I am very happy that you and my son are in a monogamous relationship, Dwayne. It is monogamous. It sure better be. No, I trust Joey. It's just been the two of us. Then yes, I do approve. I approve a whole lot. You don't mind that he's gay? Dwayne, she said, taking hold of my hand and pulling me to my feet. Let's take a walk. I better leave Joy a note in case he wakes up. I said already scribbling on a pad of paper that she kept hanging right next to the back door. It was a little after 8 o'clock in the morning. The sun was just lighting up the quaint and wonderful city of New Orleans. There was a beautiful gated dog park just up the street from her house. We sat on an old bench under the shade of eucalyptus tree. Well, young man, I hope it's okay that I drug you out here before we had our morning coffee, said Mrs. White. This conversation is just between you and me, Dwayne. I think it's time that we talk. This is such a beautiful spot, I said, looking all around at all the huge, old, and very colorful trees. Yes, I've wanted to talk privately with you as well. Our situation was a little different than most people's, she began. I wish I could just say that I've known my son was gay since he was a preteen, and that I've always accepted him for who he, who and what he was. Back in the early 70s, I participated in my share of support groups for parents of gay and lesbian children. Of all the responses I've heard from parents through the years, that was always my favorite. Some families have just been blessed in that way. Yes, I've heard about those kind of people. I haven't actually met any, though. They're out there, son. I like to think that it might be one of, I might be one of them, if only the molestation. I finished her sentence. Yes, the molestation. She said sternly, I have never been able to come to terms with those, what those people did to my boy. How could grown men be so, and his own father? You think that what they did made Joy the way he is? You know the story, Dwayne. Before my son was even curious about sex or intimacy of any kind, he was violated. She pulled a handkerchief from her purse. It's made the subject of Joey's sexuality very hard for us. She went on, her eyes watering now. Anytime either of us attempted to bring up the subject, the pain of that hellish night when I got the call to come down to the police station rushes over me all over again. Son, I can't even begin to describe what I went through that night. Sometimes it feels like it was just yesterday. They were sick. There's no doubt about that. I said, and perhaps in the end, they both got what they deserve. Joey told me the other one died in prison. 
defending his own manhood i heard somewhere she said a flash of anger crossing her beautiful hazel green eyes joey's eyes or maybe it was just wishful thinking it was a lot to go through mrs white a lot for you and especially a lot for a little boy but you have to let it go now you have to at least try to let it go god will help you if it's sincerely the desire of your heart what she exclaimed a look of disbelief creasing her features those two sick broken people have had you in bondage all these years they are both now free from their twisted damaged existence and society is free of them the only one suffering now is you joy didn't turn out so bad he is a good man who loves god and knows what he wants sure he's had some problems but he's dealt with them when they popped up i couldn't have prayed for a better man than joey but what they did to my son, my Joey, he could have been, he could have had a normal life. He could have had a wife and children. He could be. I don't think so. I said cutting her off before she could say the word straight. What? You know the story now, Dwayne. How can you say that? He's gay, Mrs. White. But. I know Joey, and I know gay, and believe me, Joey White is as gay as me or any other gay man I've ever talked to. What makes you think that only heterosexual children can be molested? But, but what? Look at me. <laughs> I didn't get molested, and I'm gay. You think that if I had been molested, that would make me any more or less gay than I am right now? What if a woman molested me? Would I be heterosexual? I know you're trying to help, young man, but I just don't think that you would. Understand? Well, I don't agree with you. I think I understand just fine. I understand that it's time for you to forgive them and forgive men and forgive yourself. Take all of those heavy drapes down off of the windows of your heart and let some light in. Look at you. You're a beautiful woman strikingly beautiful when was the last time you went out on a date a chuckle softened her features again <laughs> i've had some issues with trust that's just what i'm talking about it's written all over your face forgive mrs white if you come across another right napper fire his ass and date somebody else if i can find joey you can find a good man too my goodness the way I'm 50 years old, and there are no 50-year-old bachelors or divorcees in all of New Orleans. No widows, no nothing. We passed at least two on the way to this park, and it's only 8 in the morning. Mr. Wells, <laughs> that man must be 70 years old. Pension? I asked one of my eyebrows raising mischievously. I think that dog is his wife. She said, the mood much lighter now. You can bet she's in the wheel. We talked and giggled and laughed out loud for at least an hour. It was good to talk to her, Lord. Thank you so much for allowing us to come together. I think I've made a new friend. Of course, she knows that I'm going to repeat pretty much everything that we talked about to Joey. <laughs> in fact, there were a few times when I was sure his ears were the intended target. Many women are funny that way. But what a strange way to communicate. <laughs> and when I got back to my room, 
Hello, said my own mother as she answered the telephone. Hey, it's me, I said, always a little nervous when I called her. Oh, hello, Dwayne, she said as if we talked all the time. It had been about five months. What are you doing calling me this time of day? I'm barely getting in the door. Sorry, forgot about the time difference, I said, suddenly regretting me making a call at all. I'm in New Orleans. What are you doing there? Shouldn't you be at work? You didn't get fired, did you? I've been traveling with the singing group, I said. Remember? I told you. Oh, I thought you meant you were traveling around L.A. Boy, your voice must have sure have changed since you lived here. Somebody paying you to sing? When did you ever hear me sing? I snapped, the memories of my childhood flooding into my mind. Rarely were the memories pleasant, especially when they included her. Now don't start that again, Dwayne, she said dismissively. You know I had to work and pay these bills. I only sang on Sundays, remember? Down at the church for 10 or 11 years. Well, that would sure explain why I never heard you, she said in disgust. Gossiping old hypocrites. You know those same old tired women are still down there in the same old tired building singing the same old tired songs? Seems like some of them should have died by now. You mean you went inside? No, but mama is always telling me about them. I wish she stopped it. I got my own problems. Same old cheerful self, huh, mother? I wondered again why I even bothered calling her. Don't you dare judge me, Dwayne Brown, she yelled into the receiver. Not after all I went through to bring you into this world, I've got the scars and the stretch marks. Why did you call anyway? What do you want? Sons calling their mother every few months? It's not really all that unusual, is it? I mean, we are supposed to love each other, right? Well, I can see that you're in one of your moves, and I'm sorry. But I just don't have time for it. Is this where we hang up, mother? Well, it's just that these calls are so expensive, Dwayne. Goodbye, I said. Goodbye. There was a tear in my eye. I walked it away and went to wake up Joey. Johnny was waiting at the airport when we finally touched down in L.A. It seemed like we'd been gone for months, but it was actually only 27 days. It was good to be back. My body hurt all over, and I wanted to sleep in my own bed, surrounded by my own things. <sighs> surrounded by my own things again. Some of the hotel beds had been good, and some had been very, very bad. Bad for my back, bad for my neck. Even my ankles hurt from hanging over the sides. It was time for me to pay a visit to that fancy hot tub I had been covering on the roof of our apartment building. Johnny looked great. I don't think I ever realized what a good-looking man he was. Maybe it was just a haircut and classy new wardrobe, or maybe Johnny's one of those guys that gets better looking as he gets older. What's up, brother? He asked as soon as he laid his eyes on me. You look like hell. Thanks a lot, Johnny. I replied, a big smile on my face. It's always nice to be encouraged. It really was good to see my brother again. I mean, my real brother. Not that urban clown, that J-Dog was his face. 
Hey, Joey, said Johnny, extending his hand. Good to see you, man. Good to see you too, brother. Joey said as he took his hand. You look different. You been working out? Almost every day. Plus pushing that mopping bucket down at the church. So that's what it was, I thought. I must have been more tired than I thought. Don't worry, Joey. The body man down at Leroy's garage and barbershop says he's, he can put everything back. Just like it never happened, kidded Johnny. He's been working with this new project, this new product called fiberglass in a spray can. Very funny, said Joey, getting the joke and liking it, sort of. The baby is fine. I got a wax for you this morning. It's a car, Johnny, I said. Not a baby and not a woman. Whoops, said Johnny. Sounds like somebody is jealous. No, I know Joey is gay. Now, if it was a male car you were talking about. Joey went to the baggage claim and I walked with Johnny to bring the car around. As we walked through the parking garage, I brought up the subject of my not so pleasant conversation a few hours earlier with our mother. I don't know why you keep doing it to yourself, Dwayne, he said. She's our mother, Johnny. We've got to at least take make some effort to, to what? Be shot down and discouraged? She can't be happy, Dwayne. She can't be happy for you. She can't be happy for herself. And she sure as hell can't be happy for me. My heart just goes out to Sarah. What is it? I said. She makes me feel like an orphan, Johnny. Like I have no father and no mother. Do you ever feel that way? Of course I felt that way, he said. You think it was easy on that farm out in the middle of nowhere? Shoveling cow shit for a bunch of people that I barely knew? You know that woman never wrote me even once? I think she was just doing what she thought was best, Johnny. I reminded him. That situation you got yourself in, it could have been bad. Not one letter or even a phone call. I was 14 years old, Dwayne. I never knew that. About her not talking to you, I mean. I was ashamed to tell you, said Johnny, his eyes losing their joy if only for a moment. When I was old enough, I moved out here and made my own family. The streets loved me, and I loved them right back. As long as I never ran out of cocaine, there would always be somebody around to tell me that they loved me. It was sick. I was sick. Now God has delivered me and given me another chance. I refuse to let that woman draw me back in. What do you mean? I asked. I don't understand. Seeking love and approval from someone who is incapable of giving it? When was the last time that she told you that she loved you? Has she ever said to you that, has she ever said that to either one of us? Is that really so much to expect that your own mother would tell you that she, look, it's sick and I don't want any part of it. Do yourself a favor, Dwayne, and just leave that woman alone. I thought you told me that you had been calling her from jail. That's what I mean by sick, Dwayne. I think she actually liked me better when I was running in and out of jail. Strung out on dope, on my way to hell. It only confirmed what a worthless piece of shit I was. Not much to say since I started turning it around, though. She hated the old man until he left. And now she hates us just as much. She just hates Dwayne. Listen, we can talk about something else. I feel like a dark cloud had just covered this whole garage. It pleases God when we honor her, 
I said, fine. Then you take Christmas and I'll call her on Easter Sundays. <laughs> How's school? I asked, quickly shifting gears, both metaphorically and literally, as we were making our way through the winding parking garage to pick up Joey and the luggage. I love it. I mean, I really love it, Dwayne, exclaimed Johnny, excitement lighting up his eyes and mood again. Never knew I was so smart. It really does force you to think, though. I'm already beginning to question what I believe and why I believe it. I mean, I do believe that the stories written in the Bible are basically true, for the most part anyway. I just don't see how educated men could come to the conclusion that the Bible is the unadulterated word of God. You're assuming that they're all educated, I said. And even when men and women do boast degrees and hang diplomas on their walls, where exactly are those diplomas from? What was the mindset of the people who taught them? I mean, from what I can tell, most of the major bigots and fanatics have their names and ideologies attached to some building somewhere just as soon as the congregation gets big enough to fork over the money. You're a much better man than I am when it comes to religion, Johnny. At least you're willing to get in the ring. What about Jesus? Yeah, JC is still cool with me, said Johnny. Jesus is the best part of the whole story. Maybe because the payoff for accepting the part of the story is so awesome. I'm so proud of you, Johnny. You think you want to preach? That's God's business. But yeah, something in the ministry. I owe him that. We pulled the Jeep into the rotunda and helped Joey with the luggage. You're either going to have to get a bigger car or a smaller luggage, said Johnny as he wrestled with the biggest piece of trunk, actually. You like this car, Johnny? Asked Joey. Hey! <laughs> Sorry, babe, said Joey. Well, you might as well let the cat all the way out now, I said. No, I'm sorry, babe, said Joey. You go ahead. We were going to wait until I found something else, I said. But tomorrow, I'm going to start looking for a new car. This one is yours, Johnny. That is if you want it. Are you kidding? Yeah, I want it. It smells like new. Are you sure you guys want to? It's yours, Johnny, I said. You think you can come with me to find something else tomorrow? Joey's going to be unavailable for a while. Yeah, I'm free until Monday morning, said Johnny. What's up with you, Joey? The studio. I'm overdue with the last three songs for the new album. Man, when are you guys supposed to get some rest? This is it. We'll be in L.A. for the next two months, said Joey. So the sooner I finish the songs, the sooner we can head for the beach. And then it's 32 more days on the road, I said. And then we start recording. It won't always be like this, trust me, said Joey. But we can't afford to cool off right now. This is our season in the spotlight. I sure hope you guys have got the right person watching the money, said Johnny. I've read a few horror stories. Well, they won't get Joey, I said. He's a CPA. Actually, that was never my job. But yeah, I think I chose the right minor, said Joey. You want to know what's been popping up in my mind since we left, Johnny? Pastor Mike. I like him. I've decided to serve notice on my old place of worship. They barely see me anymore anyway. That's a great man. We'll be all at the same place, exclaimed Johnny. 
Wait till Mike and the choir hears about this. I've been telling them about you guys. I hope that wasn't out of line. Maybe you'd rather have been incognito here. Pride got the best of me, especially when they were singing one of your songs a couple of weeks ago. Don't worry about it, said Joey. If that's going to be our church home, they're going to have to know who we are, right? Who knows? Maybe the celebrity will bring a few more members, get you guys out of that building just that much quicker. Us guys, I said, it's our church now, Joey. I can hardly believe that we've finally gotten ourselves a church home, one that we can all agree on, I mean. Thanks for turning us on to one love, Johnny. Who would have ever thought that you, of all people, don't be surprised, little brother. God is constantly healing, delivering, changing minds and hearts. It is his character. Long before there was any AA or psychotherapy or shock treatments or anything else, there was God. He's always been around doing what he does, man. Jesus showed us a glimpse of the character of God by constantly healing and casting out demons. He did it then and he's doing it now. My deliverance is a mystery, even to me. I only know that whatever demons were driving me to do the things that I did, they have been defeated. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't care if God sent them into a herd of pigs or cast them into outer space. My testimony is that they, whatever they were or wherever they came from, once controlled my every move and now they don't. Glory to God. I'm a free man. That's why I worship him, little brother. I do hope that I learned something at this school, but nothing is ever going to trump what I know about God already. When you know, when you know that you know, that you know, I said, I noticed that John was being very quiet, brooding about something. Hey, Joey, what's the matter? Just thinking, he answered as he pulled into the parking garage of our high-rise apartment building on Woodshaw Boulevard near UCLA and scene <laughs> so that was chapter 8 and chapter 9 of love and gospel music honey what's wrong with telling the damn truth by Mr. Timothy Blaine who I want to thank you for the super chat I appreciate you so that was chapter 89 this week I am going to drop the link for those of you if you want to come up and have a conversation about the two chapters that we did just read feel free to come up everybody is welcome you do not have to show yourself just don't show nothing else okay <laughs> but what did you guys think but what about the thousands that didn't make it baby you said joey is not to be trusted why you say that why do you say that betty white Girl, I don't know, but I'm excited about uh this and that mama. Uh, not Joy Mama, but Dwayne Mama. She's so hateful. <laughs> she is so hateful. She can't be happy for nothing. Like he said, it was a shame that she was more excited or happy for him when he was locked up as opposed to him being out here or being in, being in the free world. She preferred him be locked up, you know. And I know sometimes with parents, when your kids are out there doing God knows what. When they're locked up, you're kind of at ease because now you know where they are. You know where they are, so you're not worried. But, child, she wasn't worried about him when he was out. She wasn't worried about him when she sent him to the farm. She wasn't worried about nothing. The lady just mean and nasty, honey. But 
I'm excited that um, Brother Johnny, you know, he feels like he has found his calling, that God has called him to uh, be a part of the ministry. So he's going, you know what really uh, struck me? You willing to change your mind? Okay. I'm willing to, hey, and I'm willing to wait so I can see what you say about him. <laughs> but like he was saying, child, these people with all these degrees and all this other stuff hanging up on the wall, baby, what was your mindset when you was getting it? You know what I'm saying? Because they can be hanging up on the wall, laid up on the bookshelf or whatnot. But if you ain't using it, putting it to good use, speaking theologically, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Okay, you're going to change computers? All right, Mr. Tim, hurry up. Run, run, run. We ain't looking at you. Hopefully, you got your suspenders pulled up so your pants don't fall down. <laughs> we going to wait on you. But so while we're waiting, if you guys are watching, please go ahead and drop your chocolate and your sun emojis in the chat um, while we wait on Mr. Timothy Blaine to come and grace us with his presence on the um, panel. If you have gotten this far in the broadcast and you have not, um, subscribe to Army Brown 09. I mean, why? <laughs> why not? <laughs> Go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you would like to. It's appreciated, but not required. But I mean, I would love it. Hit the notification bell so you can be um, notified of when I go live. Also, if you would like to join my membership, go ahead and do so. I just dropped the link in the chat. You guys can join that. That's also not required, but it's appreciated if you would like to do it. So you ready, Mr. Tim? Tim says suspended. I swear to set to about him just because we love you. Ah! <laughs> they want you to sell suspenders, Mr. Timothy Blaine. Uh, the suspenders have been very noticeable. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, they, the suspenders are, they're, they're a good fashion statement. So if you <laughs> them, they would buy them. I believe it. That was, that's a good uh, idea, though. That'll be my prayer clause. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why Make them $20. How about that? <laughs> God saves the most. Yes, that. that's a good idea, though. Right? Seriously. No, no, no. I don't. I don't see that would be a good idea. Look, I like him. Uh huh. So, what do you think of the, the reading? I I like I like uh this this these two chapters that we read, chapter eight and chapter nine. I like that brother Johnny. Right. You know, he's Hold on on his... I gotta turn the other TV off. I hear it. Stop looking at my booty. <laughs> Look, hey, he got the suspenders on for real. <laughs> I am weak. <laughs> he has his suspenders on for real. That was so cute. But yeah, so I did like the, uh, they said they love your suspenders. <laughs> but yes, I did like it. I like that Johnny has found his way. I like that it's showing that although you went to prison or you've done something bad in life that you know, you can still be used to minister the word. So uh, that's one of the big things that I did, like, especially Pastor Mike, you know, with uh, with how he's uh, conducting his church services and things of that nature. Right. Saving souls. Yeah. Saving souls is the main is right. the main goal to seek and save those which are lost. So. Right. A lot of people get saved in prison. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, because you told your story for those of you that may be here listening for the first time. You told your story about that's how you got you got saved while you were in prison. Right. Exactly. So, so you, I, I, both, I don't know why we got an echo, but uh, yeah, I'm both of these characters and Dwayne and his brother, actually. They're elements, you know. Yeah. So yeah. when John, Johnny getting saved in prison, was that that was your time when you got saved in prison? Right. 
Why not God changes lives? I mean, yeah, it's a, real, it's a very real thing. So um, spiritually, we're, we're 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 sort of similar. Me and Johnny are like he knows uh, what he knows what he knows, honey. <laughs> right. Melissa said, I kind of felt like dad was selling the son for drugs before the mom confirmed it. He was. Yeah. He was. That was sad. I was, I was, I was trying to you know, get the drama right. You got it right. Because at first I, I didn't get it. But then as, as I kept reading, I was like, oh, my God, no. So uh, Johnny, uh, Joey thought the same thing. He didn't want to believe right. you know, that it was actually true that his dad, that was his drug dealer. You right. know what I'm saying? That was that he brought to him for drugs so right he never that, understood why his mother stabbed him that is so <laughs> but but when she said you know well i read you the paper so she pretty much fed him the story of what actually happened but it wasn't the real story of what happened right right so for me in that aspect that it does happen in real life not in just books where the family feels like they have to protect you by telling lies but when you start to figure out pieces of it it still makes you feel like you're not whole because you don't know the whole story right right it was that moment for me when uh uh she said she finally she resisted and resisted why are we echoing i don't hear an echo you could okay she resisted and resisted right and then finally she said he knew Mm -hmm. When you say when she said he knew that it kind of explained everything else that happened. Right. Why he was arrested? Why? Because he was actually sending his boy over here and selling them for for for, for heroin, wow. which would justify a mother's love. You know, shit. I stabbed his ass too. <laughs> hey, like he said, you mean you were killed for me? Yeah, she would. Right. Right. And that that's the sentiment of a lot of mothers when it comes to something like that you know especially if they didn't know about it or they weren't involved in the whole process of him being sold and being molested right when you find out baby the switch turns off <laughs> <laughs> right. the switch turns off and who knows what's going you know what's going to happen and that's not to say that you should go out there and murder people i'm not saying no, that you murder people right 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 <laughs> i'm not saying that so <laughs> uh Cassie you also found the other mother interesting uh, uh, Dwayne's mother. <laughs> Dwayne's mom is a whole. She's a mess. She don't care about nothing. Nobody. Remember how we first started. We first met her in the first chapter. Remember her yes. husband comes on her and all this kind of stuff. She took the the gun and hit it and all that. That's the same mother, right? <laughs> but it's it's like at that point she cared about him only then, and then when he was locked up, that's the only time she cared about him. Now that he's right. doing well, she don't care. She was an abused woman, right? Yeah, yeah, it's but but you can't like he was saying, uh, do, like jo Johnny was saying to Dwayne, you can't ask for something from somebody that they don't even know how to give. Right, you know? right, right. She wants. She, right. I'm sure she wants to love them. She right. just can't. She just can't. She didn't know how. But I don't see how because the grandma seemed like she was a loving parent. Right, right. Well, you'll see more next next week because oh lord, the Joey story. We have to also, of course, we have to evaluate their story, mm -hmm. right? The whole family story of what right. exactly happened, why she is the way she is kind of thing. And and, and this mother is loosely based on my own mother. So I know, so, I mean, I kind of loosely based, she wasn't quite that bad. <laughs> <laughs> when your child is only calling you from prison, eventually, you you know, you kind of lose the thunder, you know. You stop yeah, but, 
that was the only time she was excited when he did call. Like she cared about him more when he was locked up. Right, right. Well, we explain a lot more of that. We'll go all into her, her. I can't wait to find out what happens with this. I haven't heard anything about the sister, though. The sister? Yeah, she the is. The sister hasn't said anything. Oh, Lord, yet. did you freeze? Sarah. Oh, he frozen. I froze? You, can you hear my voice? No, you're froze. Okay. Okay, we back. <laughs> that was my Wi-Fi. I just saw it. I'm looking at it. I just saw it. Yeah. But uh, let me see. I really like listening to that. But that, I hope I'm writing that well now, because I really did get into that story, particularly that book, because I was just a baby Christian at that time, right? Mm-hmm. And I was, so, I was so personally excited about my new conversion to Christianity by my deliverance and things like this. I was really writing out of passion. So there's a lot of tr- truth in that story that applied to my own life. Right. So, right. I, said, I hope I'm writing, still writing that well at that same level, you know. Well, I think you are from some of the stories that you have been telling us about this new book, and you've been telling too much, Uncle Till. You've been telling us too much about the new book. That's that's what Gammy said. Don't tell. (laughs) Gammy, listen, he's right. Uh, Cassie, you said, I was listening from the sky for the first time. I want to get the book now. LOL. Great job, Uncle Tim and Almond. You're such a great reader. Thank you. Right. Yeah, you're you really caught all the inflections. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know what, honey, when we go to church, you know I got to get extra, baby. Right, right, right. I got to throw a little bit more Holy Ghost on it. So. <laughs> right, right. So that's going to be a big part of the story as well. But I, yes. I can't see what's going on, go on but uh, uh, Johnny's going into to his new life, you know. I can't wait to see what he actually does. And he said he wants to be in the ministry as far as, well, he asked me if he wanted to preach, but he just said something right, <laughs> something right. in the ministry. So he don't, he's not sure yet, but you know. Right. He was I'm in the, the, you know, the same characters, some of them. Yeah, but it's, I think for me, because some of these characters I know in real life, like stuff like that, that happened. Uh-huh. So, I mean, to see, I mean, it's in a book. And to know that it actually can happen and has happened. I know it's your life, but other people that also have gone uh, through the same story and may have had the same outcome with their family, too. Right, right. There's all kind of issues, honey. Yeah. But the, especially on YouTube, they don't, nobody had no issues. Child, <laughs> yeah. everybody just perfect. Uh-uh. We know it's a lot of broken homes around here. We know. We know. We all obstacles, <laughs> Well, even in the end, the hospitals was a little broken. Uh, mm. The real people. <laughs> My daddy went to prison, you know. So. Yeah, but but he got out. But yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna continue next week. God's willing, nothing uh, happens. I don't get sick. That's what happened last week. I was not feeling good. I couldn't really talk, so I couldn't right. read. I couldn't talk, so I couldn't read. So you get blessed. Thank you so very much. So are you going to pursue a uh, 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 reading though? Obviously. Ring for for Audible. I am. They see it. What is it? ACSX or something like that? You told me about ACX. ACX. They have videos. They have tutorials here on YouTube too. Just put in oh, ACX. Really? Yeah, all of it. Their whole program is here on YouTube. Okay, so I didn't know that. All the trainings and things. You know, you can get all the information. I'm gonna yeah, look it up. The only thing that the only thing that stopped me in the beginning when you first told me that I didn't have my EIN number, but I have one now. So. 
Um, well, okay. I can, yeah, I can go and do all of that because they need that for tax purposes. So right. I have my EIN number, so I will okay. be looking into that. I'm going to look up the videos on here first to see everything um, that they really require. But what they ask for, I already have. I have a microphone. I mean, I have a closet I can get into if I need to. No, right. they don't want no sounds or anything. Uh, no background noises. So, I mean, right. I have all of that. So, well, you're doing StreamYard already. So, you're basically doing the same thing. Right, right. Just more, more controlled, but also go just go to ACX, uh, their website, mm -hmm. and you'll see all of the various people who do the readings mm -hmm. and how you pair them with, with the writers. And it's like for me, uh, I think my highest uh, pay that I ever got from Meth Monsters, something like $1,100. Mm -hmm. When they gave me a check for $1,100, they also gave the reader the exact same amount. Wow. So it's, it's a partnership kind of thing. That's right? good. Yeah, it's good. It could be very good for the uh, you get a couple of people, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, really high, good. High. It's usually it was, you know, a little less than that. But so the point is, whatever the, the author got, the reader also got. The reader is the actor. So I was only able to do, uh, <laughs> you're right, sounds might be interesting. <laughs> Okay, look, that's a that's another venture check, you know. This and see, this is why I said when people say that they're struggling or they can't find this, they can't find it's a lot of ways to make money. We Google the most asinine things, but right. we won't Google certain like how to get started with certain small businesses, certain this, certain that, and they feel like they have to have something so grandiose. Everybody got right. There's all kind of ways to especially all this internet stuff. Yeah, I mean, just to think, I even have a channel. I, I didn't know that I could even talk publicly, you know. And now I got a YouTube channel that does okay for me, you know. Yeah, I mean, you you can make money just by sitting here talking, but find find your niche. I just like talking about everything. I you know, so mine is not necessarily stuck on just one thing. Cause y'all right. know, honey, I will go north, south, east, west, northwest, uh, baby. I will go everywhere, but it's gonna all be something that you find. Um, interest in don't do something right. just to make money because right. you're going to lose interest then it's going to go away right right you know right. you want to find something that you can do on a consistent basis right um, to sure. be able to generate even if it's side money and for those of you that's listening i do have a video on here how i said youtube was a hobby for me that turned into a hustle and i've been doing it for 10 years now are you ready I've been on YouTube for since 2009. I've been on YouTube, but I started out in the beauty sector. But oh. I, yeah, I stopped for like seven years doing videos. I had over a thousand some odd subscribers, more than that, when right. I was here. But when I stopped for seven years, of course, people started unsubscribing and everything like that. But I got it the regular way, uh, right. uploading videos, one subscriber at a time. <laughs> yeah, I used to one do subscriber. So most of my videos uh, for a couple of years ago were just five minutes, 10 minutes. And I think so I built my audience, you know, mm -hmm. now that I do our, you know, everybody does us live now. So, yeah, everybody does. Cause I think people want to, they like the interaction uh, of the chat to be able to interact with other people. So right. a lot of people don't really watch a whole lot of uploaded videos unless it's from somebody that they've been watching for right. years now or whatnot. But yeah, like, Really, I got it organically. You know what I'm saying? I just yeah. did it, and then with it, with with it now, and you have other content creators that you can collab with, and you, excuse me, shout like they'll shout you out or whatever. But for the most part, you got you have to provide 
uh, the consistency, first of all, and the content for people to want to come back. Right. If you can't do that, then of course people aren't going to come back. I don't care how many people share your videos. I don't care how many people shout you out. If you're not in place and right. consistent, it's not going to work. Right, right. You know, so. Right. Yeah, I was just thinking a couple of ladies. Who was the lady? Uh, the light-skinned girl. She disappeared for a while. I think she got hooked up with a guy or married or whatever. What's her name? Anyway, she, she used to get five or 600 people in their chats and so forth. Now she comes back and now she's getting five people. And that's the way it is. If you go away for a little bit, then you got to build up that audience again, you know? Yeah. So you just stay consistent, you know? Yeah. And that's what I, that's what yeah. I had to do when yeah. I came back. Right. When I came back, I had to build back up, you know, and a lot of people that were watching me back then, they ain't watching me now unless they watching me from the bushes. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? But I'm fine. I'm content when if it's two people in the chat, if it's 200 people in the chat, I am content with you just sitting here watching me. <laughs> right, right, right. Just do your thing. Enjoy yourself. You know. Yeah, because it's it's a hobby. You know what I'm saying? I, I love sitting here. I love interacting with everybody, the different people that comes in and out of the chats or leave comments and things of that nature, the different content creators that you meet and you see their life and everything, you know, just. Right. I mean, it's, it's one. It's as wonderful as you can make it, you know, as you want it to be. That's, you know, that's what you'll get out of it. So if you enjoy writing, if you enjoy reading, though, I mean, check out those ACX videos. And go to their website so you can hear what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. they, they, they'll line up all of these. And the big problem with them is, like my meth monster, I wanted to be a, an African American person, right? Just to, so I can kind of maintain my own voice or it sounds mm -hmm. sort of maintain a voice. But I had to settle to take a a white reader. I mean, anybody can read; it doesn't really make that much difference. A woman can read your book, a man can read your book, whatever. But I, I kind of wanted to have some kind of of uh, of character, a black character, right? Mm -hmm. There were none. There were none. Wow. They give you the option that either you can pay the people straight up or you split it half and half, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, they need uh, black people to read for them. Like a lot of uh, writers, women writers, black women writers, they would have to settle for a, a, a white person or a man to read their books, mm -hmm. right? So they need women in there, black women specifically. Or black writers, I mean, readers, uh, there are a lot of, of writers. But not that many uh, readers. Right. So you chose you chose the person that read your book. Yeah, I I auditioned. It's been so long, but I auditioned several people. He was the closest one. He does a good job, and it maybe expands my audience even because basically I'm talking about drugs, and you know you ain't got to be a certain color to do do drugs. Right. And I I I assumed then that you'd have to have a person that looks like you in order to read your book, but you don't. Look, you're reading my book right now. I'm not even aware that you're a woman. You just read the story, right? So right. anybody can read the story. Right. But some people are, 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 they would like to have the option of having that character, you know, so he kind of sounds like them. And maybe it's just the writer's ego kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to look into that. For yeah. real, for real. I, I really am going to look into that. So. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Well, keep me posted. I will. I sure. Look, you stay okay. on me just like I stay on you about your book. You stay on me about making sure I, I look into that. Well, I'm doing well. I'm at 40,000 words. Yes. It's going to be between 40, 45. I thought it was going to be over 60,000, but I, that's too big. All my last four books, they've all been from 42,000 to 45,000. So, so how, now, many how many chapters is that? Uh, I'm on the 10th chapter. 
Mm. Nine, 10 chapters, something like that. So I end up probably 12, 13. I'm not finished with the book by right. any means, but I'm at a point where now I need to start working my way out of it. Mm-hmm. So we're getting very close, is what I'm saying. And the whole goal was to do it in a year. I, I don't want to go any longer than a year to write a book. So where are you at now? I'm at 40,000 words. No, no. How far? How how far into it have you? Oh, I don't know how, how when I started I started writing that maybe six months ago. Seems like. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you still got to go through. You got to go through the rewrite. The rewrite is where, where the most fun is for me. Mm-hmm. The uh, the initial, the first draft is very, very hard because you got to make it up as you're going. Like all those words you're reading right now, you get to make that up as you're going along, mm-hmm. right? Then you can come along in the second draft and you can smooth it out. You can correct things that are not consistent. You can fix it up, right? And then right. you head over to your editor who will add their comments. My editors don't do a whole lot of changing of my story. But they they able to say, well, this is not consistent because she had red hair here. She was a natural redhead. Now she's a, a natural brunette. That's oh. an inconsistency, you know. So you have to go back. So it helps to have a, a separate set of eyes. Okay. And, uh, so yeah, we'll be, we'll be done soon. Next three four months. Okay, good. So how long you think that process is going to take after you finish writing? How long you think the editing process and the rough the rough? It's the all. Second- it's all fast. The sec, even the second draft is I do I can do that in a month. And the editor, they'll have it less than a month. So we should have the book by the end of the month, by the end of the year. Oh, definitely. Okay. In the summer, maybe. Yeah. I'm ready. But you can't I'm read ready. it at all. I gotta sell some first. Oh no, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm a buy it. I'm, you know, I, I buy all the books now. <laughs> I'm not gonna read it. I'm I'm sure not gonna read it now. No, right. no, no. I'm gonna buy it. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it, and when I read it, you know, I'm a I'm a look and see. Do you have to apply for it to be on Audible? Do I have to apply? Like, how do you go about that process when you want your book to be on Audible? Well, Meth Monster is the only one that they accepted on Audible. I mean, fiction is is, is a harder sell. So, and I didn't pursue it all that strongly. I didn't realize there was I was actually going to get money from it until I started actually getting money from it. And I wish I had them all on Audible, but only one book is on Audible. But uh, oh, yeah. so they have to choose your book to be to uh, to. No, I, I just have to, to to submit it. I have to find. I have to pair with an, an, a a reader. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a partnership. Okay. Somebody's got to want to do it though, or you can go in there. You can just pay them a thousand dollars, and they'll just do it. That's that, that's another option you have. Oh. But in the long run, it turns out better if you have a partnership where you're getting it just as much as the author is, because the author might be spending years on a book. And you just got to go and read it, and you're getting the same thing he gets because you're you're an actress. Okay. Well, when you when it all works out, you know, if you want that book to be on Audible, I'm here. All right. <laughs> what does Melissa King says? I have always wanted to publish a book. At Timothy Blaine, you and Spillet Boy are very inspiring. You got to go. Ain't no way, nothing to it but to do it, Melissa. Just do it. That's right. That's just right. Down there, there, the computer and just start doing it. Make sure you get words. Word makes it all so easy. You right. speak. You speak yours, right? Like when you when no, you. No, no, I, I type mine. Oh, I you type it out. Tried, okay. I haven't even tried that uh, dictation thing. That's a new thing they just added in the last couple of years. No, my brain doesn't work there because I'm making it up as I'm writing. You know. Okay. So. So it's easier for you to just delete it as you write, as opposed to speaking it out. And you're like, wait a minute, that didn't sound right. <laughs> Right, I'll be stuck forever. So people have to find what works for you. You know, there's all kind of ways to write a book. Some people sit down and do. Thanks for the encouragement. You're welcome, Melissa King. 
<laughs> is there anything else you would like to uh say to the people before we get on up out of here? Well, just thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you. Make sure you go and get I've written five books, so they're all on Amazon. Okay. Make sure y'all check the description bar. I have uh the description box, I have the link to his video, and it is also linked to the rest of his videos. So you guys can go and purchase all of his books. They're very affordable. You can download them on your Kindle as well. And Meth Monster is available on Audible, audible.com, or Audible uh, can be purchased or downloaded from your Apple Store and the Google Play Store. Right. So go get the book, okay? <laughs> All right, Mr. Till, thank hey, you so much. Thanks so much. Yes, I'll see you next week. Okay, have a good night. All right, bye, you guys. too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so that was our little talk with Mr. Timothy Blaine, the author of Love and Gospel Music. What is wrong with telling the damn truth? <laughs> so we will return back here next Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time down here at the corner, and we are going to continue our read. We are on chapter 10 of the book, honey. We still got a good ways to go. We still got a good ways to go, but I hope everybody has enjoyed this read thus far. If you have not um, heard the read from the beginning of the book, please go back and check out the playlist. Um, I also read Uncle Tim's other book, The Epiphany. I've also read James Caldwell's books. All of those have playlists over on, on my homepage, so you guys can go and check that out there. If you would like to listen to the books on the go, I also have them available on my podcast, anchor.fm forward slash almondbrown09. You can go listen to it there. Listen to me while you're riding in your car, while you're at work. No, you ain't supposed to be on the phone, but you got your headphones in. Listen to me while you're at work, honey. If you're going to get in trouble for something, get in trouble for listening to a book, okay? <laughs> Get in trouble for listening to a book. I appreciate it anyways. And come back and tell me if you got in trouble. But I'm going to love you anyways. And I can't do nothing but hug you. Now, I can't give you no money for the time they might have told you suspended for being on your phone. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. If you are an author and you would like your book read here over at the Almond Delights Reading Corner, please email me at almondbrown09 at gmail.com and we can get our correspondence going. Um, if you know an author, and they will be fine with that. You can give them my information as well. And we can go from there. Um, follow me over there on Instagram. Instagram.com forward slash brown 9 um, Don't forget we do our Friday night shows. Friday night red light special, honey. Where we talk about love, sex, sex, <laughs> relationships, and so much more with my co-panelists, Jada LaRue, as well as Shadia Loving Libra, and all of you who uh, participate in the chat. I want to give a shout out to all of my members, my Almond Delight 2.0. I appreciate you guys for joining me. Everyone that um, will join in the future, those of you that are watching the replay and are a Almond Delight 2.0, I appreciate you. You didn't have to do it, but you did. So I'm forever grateful for that. Um, anything else? I ain't forgetting nothing else. Check the description box below. Shout out to all my Almond Barrels, a.k.a. my mods. I am plus size. I think she's the only one that I saw here tonight. But shout out to D1, Shalidia, Love and Libra, Sephora has a clone, as well as B-Scales, 1214. We miss you, boo. Love you, girl. But uh, I'm going to let y'all go. Okay? So I'll talk to y'all later. Oh, and if you did not, did not, not, not watch the makeup challenge that went on yesterday, um, last night, 
you know, uh, please go and watch the makeup challenge. It was beautiful, honey, with all the women that came together for a great cause. And it was just a beat that face. Okay, so that was wonderful. Go back and check that out, please. And thank you. Leave a comment if you have not. Let us know how you like the Beat That Face Makeup Challenge. There will be other challenges here on the channel because you guys asked for it. Y'all asked for it, so y'all know I try to deliver what you guys asked for. So shout out to Mr. Pisces. Hola, mi hermosa rosa. Oh, I up that in the sky, honey. Shout out to everybody else. I love you guys. I'm going to let you guys go. I'll see y'all maybe tomorrow morning on a ride to work. Oh, no. I ain't riding to work tomorrow. No, well, girl, I'm going to get my hair done. What? <laughs> ain't no work for me tomorrow. I almost lied. But anyways, I got to go get my hair done. So let me go in here and blow this hair out, baby. But I love you guys. I'm going to talk to y'all later. Y'all have a good evening. I love you guys with the love of God. And there is what? Nothing you can do about it. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Thank you all for joining another episode of Almond Delights Reading Corner. I pray that you enjoyed yourself and you're relaxing your mind, in your body, and in your spirit. Come back and join us again next week as we continue our reading. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Be blessed and enjoy your evening.